Hello and welcome to the weekly Bundaberg Now podcast. I'm Dana McGackets from Bundaberg Regional Council and today we have another interesting program with news and information from across the Bundaberg region. Soon we'll hear about the exciting new exhibition here and now, learn about the Japanese gardens and enjoy another local music segment from LED. But first, here's Michael Gorry with the news headlines. Thank you, Dana. Making news this week, it's been revealed the new Aldi store on Calvin Street will open on 25th of November. The store will be 250 square metres bigger than the previous Aldi offering at Avoca. Approved by Council in 2018, the development is near Harvey Norman and the Stockland Shopping Centre. Fencing will be installed at the Bundaberg Botanic Gardens playground as one of several safety improvements. Here's Divisional Councillor Tracy McPhee. There's been a lot of uh, requests over the time to fence the Botanical Parks um, playground because there's a lot of traffic. So that's what Parks and Gardens are going to do here. They're going to be putting a trial barrier up um, and basically extending the playground. Innes Park residents have shown concern for the environment by asking Council to look out for nesting rainbow bee-eaters. The parkland mowing schedule has been changed to protect the colourful small birds. Supervisor Peter Kirby explains. We mow this area quite regularly, but through the period of the nesting time, usually between uh, August and October, we try and avoid the area here. I have been liaising with some of the neighbours in the area here, and they're quite happy to uh, let the area uh, get a little bit longer than usual in the nesting area. Expressions of interest are now being called for the emerging young creators market on 4th of December, which is free to people under 25. The artisan market has a focus on promoting local designers, crafts and artists. Biological control is being used to combat the invasive salvinia weed in local waterways. Council is breeding weevils to wage war on weeds. Let's hear from Sally Opst. In the right conditions, the salvinia weed can grow prolifically. We end up with these really thick, dense mats of the plant at the surface of the water. When we remove this, it actually allows water flow to occur. Uh, It also improves the water quality and allows this really important oxygen exchange at the surface of the water. In sport, talented young tennis players took to Bundaberg courts last week in a development series tournament. The event brings together future stars from regional towns to play a high level of competition. Finally, it's National Frog Week. Continuing our nature theme today, David Flack from the Queensland Frog Society and Sally Opst from Bundaberg Regional Council tell us more. This week we're celebrating National Frog Week. Um, It started on Sunday, the 1st of November. Um, It'll finish this Saturday. This Friday, coinciding with National Frog Week, is Frog ID Week, which goes from this Friday through to the following weekend, I think it is. The frogs that we find in our region love a variety of environments. They like wet areas, marshy areas. You might find them burrowing under debris and leaf matter on the ground, and you also find them in trees. Natural areas like Baldwin Swamp are really important frog habitats. We think of them like an oasis in an urban environment. Frogs are a critical part of the ecosystem. 
they're both, both predator and prey, so a lot of animals will eat them and they obviously eat a lot of insects. Another important natural area is Barolan Nature Reserve. The area out at Bagara, it's low-lying and after it rains we get lots of water and creates a bit of a wetland. There's over 12 species of frog that have been noted out there and there's lots of grasses and sedges and plenty of habitat for these frogs. And we know there's about a dozen species out there from green tree frogs through to uh, Queensland pobblebonks and uh, red tree frogs and northern laughing tree frogs, so there's quite a few species out there. It's really important to raise awareness about frogs, and particularly their identification for a, fit, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, they're a critical part of our ecosystem. Uh, they're actually an environmental indicator. So uh, if you don't have a lot of frogs in an area, particularly if it's a wet area, um, there could be some issues with the uh, environmental parameters in the, in the, in the water quality or, or the ecosystem. There could be pollution, those sorts of things. Then it's back to you, Dana. Thanks, Michael. Over to the arts team to tell us about our new exhibition. Hello, this is Jolene Watson from the Moncrief Entertainment Centre and today I am here with Rebecca McDuff from Bundaberg Regional Galleries. Hi, Beck. Hi, Jolene. So what is happening at the galleries at the moment? We're really excited actually because we're about to open our new exhibition Here and Now. The Here and Now exhibition is an annual exhibition on our gallery schedule. It only started in 2019, but it provides us with a snapshot of what is happening in the creative community across our region. So I hear that exhibition started on Friday the 30th of October. I'm just wondering when it runs through until? The exhibition runs through until the 17th of January, so it's got a lovely long run, plenty of time for the public to enjoy it. And what will the public be able to expect from this exhibition? They'll actually be able to see work from 27 regional artists and these artists are emerging artists, mid-career artists and, and established artists. So you're seeing a really diverse range of artworks. There are sculptural works, paintings, photographs. We've got some lino prints in there. Really exciting to see what's happening and I think there's something for everyone to enjoy. And I believe this is being held in Gallery 2, is that correct? That is correct. It is being held in Gallery 2, which is our upstairs gallery space. Of course, as we always do, there will be a film showing at the bottom of the stairs for those that might have accessibility issues, so they can actually see a visual of the exhibition and hear me giving the gallery director's talk. So for all the art lovers out there, Beg, I'm wondering, are any of the pieces available for sale? Absolutely. So in this exhibition, nearly all of the artworks are for sale. And that's part of our role as a regional gallery is to support artists to sell their work through the gallery. So we're really excited that people are able to come in. If they love an artwork, they can then go and see our team on the front desk and be able to purchase that artwork. Another great thing, Jolene, is for this exhibition, we've produced a beautiful high quality catalogue. And so people can actually see the artworks, read more story about the artists and actually take that away with them as well. And you'll find the price list enclosed within that catalogue. I really do encourage anyone who's looking at purchasing a piece of art by one of our regional artists to come and visit the Here and Now exhibition and see what's on offer. Well, it sounds like a brilliant exhibition supporting our local artists, Beck. So thank you so much for talking to us today. And yeah, we hope everyone can pop in and check this out. Thanks, Jolene. I do too. I know it's going to be a great success. Thanks, Jolene and Rebecca. Our Botanic Gardens are home to a beautiful Japanese garden. And today we have Cody Johnson and Deborah Nelson sharing a bit about the history and design of this space. Hi, so the Japanese Gardens is here to uh, mark the sister city relationship we have with uh, Setsu Japan. Uh, so that relationship's now 20 years old um, and the Japanese Gardens themselves were established four years into that sister city relationship. So yeah, they were established in 2004. 
pretty traditional Japanese gardens. You'll see lots of manicured hedges and um, tried to get in those floral elements uh, with the azaleas and bougainvillea. Also, we, we tried to mimic the Japanese maple and we use a different species that grows here in our climate really nicely. It's the uh, liquid amber. So um, at a glance, it's a very similar effect to the, uh, to the maple. At the entrance to the Japanese garden, we have a gateway. This gateway is in the style of a tori gate. Tori gates in Japan are generally used at the entrance to Shinto shrines. However, we have one at the entrance and exit of this garden. There's a plaque on the tori gate and it tells us about a Japanese man, Mr. Yoshi Funamura, who lived in Bundaberg many years ago and on his return to Japan decided to donate money to Bundaberg and those funds were used towards um, having this garden made. The elements of a Japanese garden are, the important elements are, plants, rocks and water. With the plants, um, many evergreen trees are used and green shrubs. Uh, green bushes and little hedge type bushes which are always trimmed into an organic, natural looking shape along with grasses and other plants. Having so much greenery in the garden ensures that the garden will look good in every season and provides a lovely backdrop for the seasonal highlights of colour. Japanese gardens seek to highlight the natural beauty of nature. They're always made to look very natural. Within this garden, we have a little bit of all three types of Japanese gardens. It is predominantly a hill garden, Yasuyama Hill Gardens and that is very much what the style of this garden is. They include man-made shaped hills, ponds, streams, little waterfalls and meandering paths that invite you to take a stroll along the garden and take a look. It does include a small rock garden, a kare san sui, and they are dry rock gardens also known as zen gardens. They use rocks in a variety of ways. So the flat areas of gravel represent water, where the large rocks represent islands or features of the landscape. Stone can be used in the pathways as stepping stones, as garden edging and for stone lanterns. And there are two lovely stone lanterns in this garden. One of them is very old and rustic looking and the other one is new and much more modern. And this garden also gives us a hint of the third type of Japanese gardens, the tea house gardens, Chaniwa. And in this garden we have a small building that looks like a tea house. So we can imagine that that's a tea house looking out onto the garden. Thanks, Cody and Deborah. To finish up today, I'd like to welcome Ellie D again for another local music spot. Over to you, Ellie. The Moncrief Entertainment Centre, Bundaberg Regional Galleries and Bundaberg Regional Libraries. And together, we're, we're Arts Bundaberg. We love the arts just as much as you do. And whether you're a book lover, an arts lover or a theatre lover, the arts and cultural services of the Bundaberg Regional Council are connecting locals all in one place. To keep up to date with the things you love, jump online to artsbundaberg.com.au. Hi, I'm Ellie D. I'm a podcaster and a publicist for Australian singer-songwriters. Today I'd like to introduce you to Bevan Spears. He's originally from a small town known as Paiatua in New Zealand 
and that's where he was first introduced to music by his father, who had a guitar and enjoyed singing. He can remember going to gatherings and parties where his dad and his mates would jam together. And at seven years old, Bevan thought to himself that guitars were highly desirable, magical things. By the age of 13, Bevan had been working on a farm and had saved enough money to buy his first electric guitar. And with that, he started his own band. Bevan admits that at that age, all he could think about was guitars and girls. Not a bad mix, if you ask me. He played his first gig at a high school assembly and you could say that after that performance he felt like everything had changed and he could be performing anywhere. Bevan has drawn inspiration from a wide mix of genres but he does have a real love for the blues. Some guitar legends that have really inspired him would include Mark Knopfler, B.B. King, Eddie Van Halen, and the list goes on. Around 2006, Bevan came to be living here in the Bundaberg region, and he decided to develop his singing so that he could branch out into solo performances. He admits it was pretty confronting at the time, but hundreds of gigs later, Bevan Spears is still singing and entertaining audiences with his solo work. If you were to ask Bevan what it is that makes it so enjoyable for him to be performing, he'd likely respond it's because of the artistic expression. Bevan expresses himself musically with two different groups. One is his cover band known as Wild Source. The other is his original act, which is a a two-piece act known as The Purple Hills. Includes him on vocals, slide, acoustic and electric guitar, and he's also accompanied by a drummer. He's performed with these acts everywhere between Sunshine Coast and Rockhampton and since moving here to Bundaberg in 2006 he's just found that the more that he performs the more he enjoys what he's doing. He loves the artistic expression in performing live and we hope to hear and see Bevan Spears around Bundaberg a whole lot more in coming months. I'll be back again to introduce you to another local Bundaberg singer-songwriter. For now let's have a listen to this original track by Bevan Spears titled Moved On.
that's all for today. We hope you enjoyed the program. Join us next week for more news and stories from the Bundaberg region. Bye for now. Music